0: Teaching is the most important career on earth, and the classroom is one of the most challenging rooms to walk into, whether you're a new or a veteran teacher. Welcome to PD for the Soul, a safe space for getting just in time professional development that will change not only your thinking, but your practices as well. I am your host, Lanisha Boone, a former beginning teacher of the year, rural schools leadership academy member, one of North Carolina's top 25% middle school math teachers. Teacher Leader in Residence for Open Up Resources, and Current District Math Coach. This podcast is an opportunity for me and my network of professionals to plant seeds so that you may bear fruit. Each of our episodes will be a part of a playlist or what many recognize as a series. Each series and episode therein will inspire you to reflect on your practices and leave you with easily implementable action items. As faculty members, we must teach as if the world depends on it, because in all actuality, our work leaves an impression that influences a lifetime. In chapter two of Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, 50 Cent talks about the heart of a hustler. He states that a strong work ethic is the one trait that all successful people share. Despite not being the most talented, best-looking, or most experienced, Curtis Jackson, aka 50 Cent, continues to find success because he works as hard as he can. Before I get into how this relates to education, allow me to address the elephant in the room. I am well aware that 50 makes several times what most educators make. I also understand that his income potential is far greater than most of ours. Yet, I still believe there are parallels to his mindset for those of us choosing to be educators. You may have noticed the emphasis on choosing because it is definitely a choice we make. And in other words, it's optional. I talked to a few teachers in preparation for this episode and asked them what contributed to their success. Success meaning student performance. Out of all the responses I received, three of the most common themes centered on student relationships, solid preparation, and data analysis. So what does this mean for all of us? It isn't enough to say that you have the heart of an educator or the heart of a teacher, you have to actually do the work. The first point I want to emphasize is the fact that we must commit to an educator's lifestyle. How many times have you come across someone who was on a weight loss journey and they just couldn't get right? They had good intentions, but they were never really successful. Perhaps they were inconsistent with getting active, in denial about the foods they were eating, or refused to seek the assistance they needed. Even if you don't personally know someone like this, you have likely seen them in passing on social media. There's a lifestyle one must adopt to reach their goal weight. And the same is true for an educator who intends to maximize student performance. Let's reflect for a moment though. What are the responsibilities of a classroom teacher? Okay, let's just put it out there. So we know that you have to get your initial training, whether that be your degree or going through some residency program, because we no longer have the lateral entry, then you have the continued education piece of it. You need your classroom management systems. You have to prepare your lessons. You have to actually teach. There are assessments and feedback that you have to provide. Then there's the grading, the parent-teacher communications and conferences, the meetings about students with disabilities, your PLC meetings, whether that be your content level, your grade level, or the whole school. You have those data responsibilities because you have those meetings where you're actually talking about how well did your students do. Then you have that administrative work, those forms, trainings, drills rosters, etc. And then if you're one of the ones who's feeling extra spicy, then you may be a club or organization advisor. Now, there may be some items I left off this list, but what we have so far is pretty extensive. There's a certain level of work ethic that must be present in order for this list to not become overwhelming. I previously made mention of my TikTok video regarding planning, reaching nearly 30,000 views. All I said was that not planning your lesson wasn't a flex. Teachers filled my comment section discussing contract hours and the fact that they weren't working beyond them. They talked about administration taking their planning time away, leaving them with little time to do what they felt they needed to do. We all know there are some meetings that could have been an email. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We also know that people aren't that great about reading emails. So we find ourselves in a pickle. I want to use the weight loss journey example to center us for this portion of the conversation. Why isn't that person successful? They are inconsistent about getting active, in denial about the foods they eat, and they refuse to seek the support they need. These same three areas can hinder an educator as well. Educators have to get active too. We must take care of ourselves so that we have the energy to invest in this work. I won't sugarcoat it or make it seem like we won't ever be overwhelmed. And we have to have something in our cups in order to pour into others. So the reality is we have to take care of ourselves. How can I pour into you? How can I pour into students? How can I pour into my colleagues if I don't first have something for myself? So that's the first level, okay? We must also put the systems in place that will prevent us from burning out. That means actually creating a classroom management plan, utilizing your calendar so you know what is due and when, involving students in the assessment and feedback process so they have ownership. You know what else getting active means for us? Getting it done. And if that means working after school, then so be it. But here's the thing though, If you do it right and really focus on putting systems in place, you'll spend that first year grinding, the second year tweaking, and then every year after that making adjustments to meet the new group of students' needs. Sure, there will be updates to standards and perhaps even curriculum, but you will have a plan for adoption because you've already done it. You've already done it. It's important that we accept that there will be a grind season. We are responsible for teaching, counseling, and sometimes parenting students. Is this an ideal combination? No, it's not, but we chose to be here. So why not do it at the highest level possible? The person attempting to lose weight, but failing was also in denial about the foods they were eating. They weren't keeping a journal and didn't realize they were eating so much or they were turning the cheat meal into meals. (laughs) What is the educator in denial about? We could be in denial about the need to prepare for our lessons or that we have everything under control. Perhaps we think the issue is always someone else and never reflective about our own influence. We could even be in denial about our expectations, thinking things like, oh, it'll work itself out without ever doing what's needed to truly rectify the situation. Maybe we are in denial about our own power, seeing ourselves as far more or far less powerful than we are. It's possible we are in denial about the negative influence of others, not realizing that hanging around the Debbie Downers is affecting how we view our school and our students as well. What if we are in denial about our biases? Sitting with ourselves and reflecting on who we are and how we show up will allow us to determine if we fall into any of these categories. For example, if you look at your data and your first thought is (laughs) these kids, then you may be in denial about your own influence. The next time you're in a PLC meeting, do a quick check. Are you seated next to the complainers or the problem solvers? You may even need to ask yourself if you're the complainer. If you notice you're always with the complainers, you may also realize that you've begun to focus on the problem. We all know issues exist, but at some point we have to begin to strategize a solution or at the very least our contribution to the solution. Here's one to consider. Do you notice trends with the students you repeatedly discipline or those you provide extra support to? Students who receive a more positive version of you versus those who always bring out your frustration, even when unprovoked. There may be a bias here. So back to our friend on the weight loss journey. After months of trying and being unsuccessful, they assumed God wanted them to be this way instead of seeking support. Don't be this friend. Being in denial and seeking support go hand in hand. Most times people don't get the help because they don't think they need it. In these situations, it's best to use specific success criteria to assess the need versus feeling alone. We all know our feelings. Although valid, don't always lead us down the right path. So what are some of the success criteria we could use? Student data, the assessments that you are giving, the feedback that you're giving, your teacher data, so your observations and your PDP goals, your personal data, Are you reaching your personal goals? Are you hitting those items that are on your calendar? So looking at these three things could allow you to determine whether or not there are some fine tuning that needs to take place. Okay. Make the success or lack thereof visible so there's no refuting it. So I'm going to say that again. Make the success lack thereof visible so there's no refuting it no denying it and if we're focusing on things like student data those assessments if we're focusing on things like our own data our observations how well are we doing how well are we doing at meeting our professional goals if we're focusing on things like our personal goals how well am i meeting the goals that i am setting forth each day or each week when we make them very specific We increase our chances of of reaching those goals and accomplishing those goals, but also knowing when there's something that needs to be adjusted, knowing when there's a change that needs to take place, knowing when we really need to find somebody that can give us some support. The next point that I want to focus on um, as we talk about the heart of an educator is finding your focus. The first step in developing the heart of an educator. Is committing to the lifestyle, right? We talked about that. Getting active, staying out of denial, and getting the support you need. The next step is finding your focus. Some of you may get mad at me on this one. May even turn off the episode. Some of us talk too much, okay? Some of us talk entirely too much, causing us to fall behind on our commitments. Have you ever encountered the teacher who was always somewhere chatting? the one who could turn a two-minute exchange into 20. In my experience, these were often the teachers who complained about being overwhelmed or having no time to complete tasks. Having relationships with colleagues is important and it's necessary. The relationship should never hinder positively impact student performance, okay? So we need the relationship, but the relationship shouldn't be holding you back. Not only are we talking too much, we think we do our best under pressure, AKA the last minute. I used to feel this way, I'm gonna be honest with you. And I'm gonna also be honest and tell you that it was a bald faced lie. I only felt this way because I didn't have anything else to compare it to. Cause I wasn't doing anything on time, okay? I wasn't doing anything proactively. I was also hoping to convince myself that my insanity was sane. It was not. Procrastinating was stressful. Procrastinating is stressful. I don't care how awesome you feel the product is. Let's put that belief to bed and use routines to keep ourselves ahead of the game. Okay? So that's finding your focus. This next piece that I want to focus on is the fact that passion makes progress. 50 said he does a passion test on new business partners. The thought process was that if they weren't passionate, they would fold under the slightest bit of pressure. A passionate person on the other hand, will go harder when met with resistance. He obviously preferred the energy of the latter. Would you pass the passion test? Are you an educator who faces resistance head on? When times grow challenging, do you usually lean in or hit an about face? If you've answered yes, that you are passionate, that you lean in, then you're at least one step closer to success in your classroom. If you've answered no, my follow-up question is, why are you here? And this is not in a nasty, judgmental way either, okay? This is in a tone of concern because we all know education is a challenge. We make the progress through our passion, our persistence, our commitment to the goal. And this is a perfect segue to my next point. What are you teaching for, okay? So far, we've discussed a commitment to the lifestyle of an educator, the importance of the focus, okay? And the fact that passion is the way to progress. And these are all the components of a teacher's heart, okay? Or an educator's heart. Now let's dive into your reason for teaching. 50 Cent believes that being an effective hustler requires you to know what you're hustling for. I believe the same thing is true for us. We all have different reasons for coming into the field. But can we all agree that we are teaching for the benefit of children to maximize their proficiency, to maximize their performance? So every day and every lesson should have that goal in mind, ensuring student proficiency. That will require planning. It requires us knowing our students, knowing our content and employing systems and routines that will support our efforts. The reality is our classrooms are filled with students on various ends of the proficiency spectrum. With that being the case, we have to set goals that make sense. Our administration will be instrumental here as they have school goals that they are working towards. And once those goals are clear, you need to make them visible, not only for yourself, but for your students. You need to talk about your goals often, every day and you need to involve the students in the conversation. Okay. So what is measured, it it, it makes a difference. Okay. Don't set a goal if you're not going to measure the goal. Okay. Don't set an expectation if you're not going to inspect whether or not that expectation is being met on a regular basis. Okay. So then, I want you to think about how you can chunk your goals by your activities, by your lessons, by your unit sections, by the overall unit, by benchmark, okay? For example, review the objective for your activities and work towards getting X number or X percent of students proficient. If you're using quality curricula, then you will have activities that build onto each other. So let's say you get 50% of your students proficient in activity one, then 60% in activity two. And 70% in activity three. And notice here that every activity, again, if it's building, because we're using quality curriculum, if it's building, then we should be able to capture more and more students as we progress through that lesson. After you synthesize your lesson and administer your cool down or your exit ticket, let's say your proficiency percentage increases to 85%. Meanwhile, the school's goal is only 60%. Let's say you maintain this pattern for the most part up to the unit assessment and are able to capture 70% of your class and maintain 65% of these students on the benchmark. You were able to do this because you were intentional about your goals. Okay. Your goals were visible and you were talking about them often. You weren't just doing it at one period of time throughout the year. You were doing it at several times throughout the day. By the time you reach your data meetings, you will have all of your intel to share and any specifics about that 30 to 35% of the class who isn't proficient, the steps you've taken to impact their progress and where they are currently. If you're a visual person like me, make a vision board. I have linked mine in the show notes. Post it somewhere that you will see it. Talk to your students about it. Get them involved. You can even have them create their own vision boards as well. It could be the cover of their notebooks. Okay, so... It's important to invite those students into the conversation. It's hard to reach a goal that you cannot see. I'm going to say that again. It's hard to reach a goal that you cannot see. So once your goal is crystal clear, it's important to make it a routine. Okay, so 50 Cent talks about never breaking your stride. Many times we let up once we see success. We get comfortable. We think we have it all under control. Well, let me just tell you. I lost 50 pounds once, got super comfortable thinking I never slide backwards because who does that? And guess what happened? I gained it all back and then some. Success has to be maintained, okay? We can't get big headed and then let it fall to the wayside. It just it just is what it is, okay? So once you get those systems in place and you make it a routine and you focus on not breaking your stride, you know, they talk about on social media about those streaks So those number of days, they also have a book called Atomic Habits, and he talks about habit stacking. So that's, again, a routine. So after we do that, now you need to trust your instinct, okay? This episode is all about the heart of an educator, and we've discussed five key components thus far. Committing to that educator lifestyle, finding your focus, understanding that passion makes progress, knowing what you are teaching for maintaining your stride. And the last component that I want to touch on today is trusting your instincts. The more experience we have in classrooms with students, the better we become at anticipating the best next steps for the students we teach. You will attend countless professional development sessions over your career. Those sessions are meant to sharpen your iron, not to stifle you. 50 Cent talks about college students who internalize what they learn from their professors long enough to pass exams. He goes on to say that although professors have good tips, those tips won't ever outweigh your instincts. The PD sessions you attend won't be the end all be all. They are meant to help you build your educator toolkit. And in challenging times, your instincts is what will guide you. You just have to be quiet enough to hear what's important and make sense of what is the next best step. Now, before we wrap today, I wanna address another elephant in the room. There are a lot of unrealistic and unproductive expectations communicated by administration. Unfortunately, we can't control when they issue deadlines or what those deadlines will be. What we can control is our commitment to this lifestyle, our focus and our passion, how we monitor our goals, The stride we maintain and how we respond to what our gut tells us to do. So, as we end today's session together, I ask you do you have the heart of an educator? Thank you for listening to today's episode of PD for the Soul. Visit the link in the show notes to access resources for your classroom and or your school. Email me to submit inquiries and to express interest in being a guest. And most importantly, subscribe so you never miss the fruit. And as always, you better teach like the world depends on it, because it does.